everyone. I'm Ari Meglin here with Rachel Poley and we're your hosts for the Merry Writer podcast. We are on episode 53 and in honour of International Women's Day, which was this month, March 8th to be exact, we are asking, how do you write female characters? Before we begin, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast wherever you are listening so you never miss a show. And if you enjoy our episode, please do give it a like. Okay, so you may be wondering why we did this episode so long after International Women's Day. That's probably because the episode that came out on that week was a milestone for us because we hit our 50th episode and we'd already planned to do something specific. But that doesn't mean we didn't want to talk about creating female characters, especially as we have already covered an episode regarding male characters. And I will try and remember to include a link to that episode in the description below. Okay, with that said, let's talk female characters. And I'm just going to jump right in there with my biggest gripe, which is the the virgin mother slut trope, which is where female characters will often be dropped into one of these aspects. Um, before we start, let's just clarify, there is nothing wrong with a female character who is a virgin or a mother or someone highly sexually active. That is not what I'm having a go at. It's when these aspects become rigid structures that a character is like forced to fit into. They become the be all and end all of a character. And personally, it creates a very two dimensional caricature. You know, you have the sweet, naive virgin who appears to be naive in everything, not just sex. And then often needs this strong, mostly male character to show her the way. Then you've got the nurturing mother, often portrayed a little shrew-like and a bit of a killjoy paired up with a more fun-loving dad that they can bounce off. And then, obviously, you have the sex-obsessed slut who is touted as the symbol of strong female in charge of her sexuality and, damn it, she will wield it like a weapon, but then also often taking on a more submissive role. So, yeah, whatever. That is probably the things I hate the most. I should say those. Those. <laughs> those are the things I hate the most. These stereotypical caricatures of, of, of very limited aspects when people create female characters. Thankfully, they're not always like that, and we are moving away from that, but there are still way too many stories that seem to have these paper dolls, if you will, just two-dimensional, empty, empty characters. Uh, I just hate it. Just hate it. I really like how you describe that as paper doll, because it really is so two-dimensional. And I feel like whenever you read a book with a, whether it's a female protagonist or a side character, they really are all portrayed the same. And I think that's part of the reason why I gravitated away from young adult books. Because actually my sister and I, just the other day, we went to Barnes & Noble and we were browsing for a little bit. And I was in the young adult section and I was like, let's see what they have here because I haven't been here in a really long time. And I picked up a few books and legit every blurb had the same thing. Female protagonist had something tragic happen to her, something you know, she was trying to get over it. And then a big strong man came or this cute boy she met at school and he fixes everything. And because she's in that relationship, everything is solved. And it's just, it's just that that drives me nuts because it's like, you know, no matter what gender you are, you can figure your own stuff out. You can still carry on with life. And it's just so true. Like you listed the sweet naive virgin, the nurturing mother, the the sex obsessed whore or slut. And then you have these other two-dimensional female characters that they need a strong man to come save them with something. And it's just, that's, that's not how you write women. I'm sure there are some women out there who are like that, but like, that's not, that's not every woman and it shouldn't be portrayed in every single book. 
No, I mean, books should have some form of relatability. And I said, there are people who are like that, which is totally fine. And there are people who like to read that, which is fine. But it's when you, you get, I think it's when you get a spate of books and they all seem to have the same thing. And yeah, I have to admit a lot of the YA, because I used to read YA, and it is getting a little bit tedious. And I don't know why that became yeah. the thing. I felt like I had a spate of books where they all felt very similar I also found it interesting with the YA is that all the female characters were always like shy, but bookish. It seems to be that's the new thing. We're all bookish. And there's also that Clark Kent beauty, which I really hate. That's that whole, she didn't realise how pretty she was. You know, she had her hair tied back and her glasses on and her hair pins in, but it's okay because she'll take her glasses off and take her hair pins out and boom, supermodel. And it's like, seriously? <laughs> I just, I, I mean, I, I do know there are a lot more characters out there and authors out there who are writing absolutely brilliant female characters, but they just feel like there's still this stereotype that appears. And the one that, I've even seen this in templates and it drives me crazy, is the love interest, where the, the single female character in a group is literally the love interest. That's it. That is their entire, you know, you could you could have a whole cast of, of characters and maybe if we're going to be, you know, really basic, it's like this one's the smart one and this one's the funny one and this one's the heroic one and this one's the loving. And that's it. It's like, wow, that is their whole point. They just prop up the hero on his journey. They're his moral compass. They are the shoulder he cries on, the boob he squeezes. And it's really funny because I actually watched um, a movie recently, rewatched because I have seen it before. And the 80s and 90s were full of movies like this. This is what we were forced to grow up on. And the movie I watched was Bird on a Wire. It was just one of those old ones I remember and my partner hadn't seen it. I'm like, oh, we have to watch this, you know. And it's Mel Gibson and Goldie Hawn. And it's pants it's so pants it's awful and literally he's kind of this the usual because let's be honest they're all like the maverick the rogue you know funny daring and she's the what was it she was a lawyer some sort of like high-flying lawyer and then they were running from oh i can't even i watched it like four days ago i can't even remember it <laughs> something they were running from like um it was corrupt dea people and literally her entire part in this movie was screaming Flashing way too much leg, way too many upskirt shots that were not needed. Seriously. Because you never need an upskirt shot. Can I just point that out? You never need that. More screaming, constantly needing to be rescued. That was it. That was her entire point in this movie. And after that, it started to, I started to remember all these other old movies where that was the formula. That's what that's what these females were were, were slotted in as the love interest that literally ran around getting getting captured, getting injured, screaming because someone was waving a gun or not waving a gun, just shouting loudly. It was, it was <laughs> oh, so painful. And unfortunately, there is still that crossover where they, they, some people throw that into a book and it's like, yeah, she's she's been captured and he has to find her. Oh, she's fallen and he has to find her. Oh my God. And it's, it, oh, it's just, and I'm not even talking romance movies and romance books because I appreciate if you're writing romance you've got to have this kind of connection and chemistry and blah 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 I'm talking books where the romance is a thread it's a subplot only and yet they still sometimes wedge in these female characters with no defining feature well they usually have some defining features now don't they <laughs> <laughs> you know I have been watching so much Marvel 
lately. Like that's all I've been. I've just been addicted to Marvel. And it's so funny because you watch Iron Man 2 and Scarlett Johansson, she's every shot of her, she's doing some sort of pose and they're doing close-ups of her face and other body parts. And it's like Black Widow is such a strong character. And this is how you introduced her. Yeah. <laughs> like that kills me. It, it absolutely kills me. But another thing that drives me nuts is you're talking about the love interest, but there's another trope that drives me nuts about women characters is the fact that we're all too emotional. You know, thinking back to Captain Marvel, that movie, a lot of people didn't like that movie because they felt that Captain Marvel didn't have anything to overcome. Well, she has an internal issue to overcome and it was done well. But I mean, the whole premise of the movie was that they're telling her, don't let your emotions control you and stuff. And that, that's what women hear every single day. Yeah. You're too emotional. And she's like, no, my, my emotions make me me and it makes me strong. And yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, if you want to write woman characters, I'm going to say the same advice that we said with our male characters episode. If you want to write women characters, talk to the woman in your life. And just and show them a scene that you wrote with your female protagonist or female side character and just say, you know, does this sound right? Like, what what is the purpose of your female character? Yeah. Is it just to be that love interest? If so, then please rework it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at least for me, I shouldn't say I know again, as Ari said, you know, some people like that. And if it works, it works. And, you know, some people do enjoy that. And that's OK. That's totally OK. For me, not so much. <laughs> I think it's if you're writing it because you like that and you are aiming at other people who like that, that's fine. But if you're not aware that you're writing that, it's the, it's the what's it called? Is it the sexy lamp concept? Huh. Where if you can take a female character out and replace her with a sexy lamp and it doesn't affect the plot, then you have an issue. It's, it's like the Bechdel test. The, yeah, the sexy lamp <laughs> one is the, the other one where it's like you could literally remove the female character put in that sexy lamp and it would have the same purpose because it, it doesn't do anything in the scene except look pretty because that's all we're about <laughs> apparently so <laughs> um, can you guys tell that we're a little salty on this <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna flip to a different topic but i'm also gonna come back in a moment because i just like to mix things up another issue i have is the strong female character now obviously we love our strong female characters but can I just say that strong female character does not mean ninja skill, ass kicking female every time. Like seriously, and don't get me wrong, I love that. I, I love it when we have a, a character who, you know, can kick ass and look great, fine, brilliant. Because to be fair, we've spent way too much time having female characters that are damsels needing to be rescued and prizes needing to be won. But we don't need the exact opposite where all the female characters are emotionally distant, physically strong weapons experts no thanks can we try a little middle ground <laughs> you know it's like strong doesn't have to mean physically strong it can be emotionally and mentally strong it can mean someone who's holding a family together after a tragedy someone who is willing to ask for help when they're going through something difficult someone who will fight not physically for their rights or their well-being or for their voice to be heard it's like if the only term you hear when you see strong is muscles and weapons and aggression no no i mean as i said i do like those kinds of characters i like reading strong kick-ass characters i just don't want to only read strong i don't want damsel in distress being replaced by leather clad ass kicker completely 
you know, I'd like some mix. <laughs> yeah, give us some variety. How, how about we just treat the, the female and the male characters equally? <laughs> There's an idea. But uh, something that does that really well is Lord of the Rings. There's like, what, three female characters in that entire series or book? It's one book. But those three female characters, they do so much. Even though they're not in the book all that much, they do a lot. Yeah, they, they fight on the battlefield, but they're also like moral support and they take care of everybody else. Like they do, they do a lot. And I think it's well done. They're all different as well. It's not like it's some sort yeah. of rep- repetitive character that just keeps showing up. It's like each of them are so unique in their own way. Right. And, and that's kind of that's kind of what we want. We want to see, we, we want to avoid the stereotype of the emotional woman who loves just buying shoes and is really into fashion and needs a man. But again, we don't want the flip where it's like, well, it's the tomboy who doesn't care for fashion and doesn't need a man. It's like, that, that's fine. But there's all, there's other pieces in between that as well. You know, one thing that I still see a lot in books is age issue i am so tired of only seeing female characters from the age of like what 15 to 30 if you're lucky you just it's like there seems to after 30 there's nobody just no nothing it's like no nobody and don't wrong you've still got the you know the older male mentors up there mooching about where are the older female mentors or you know even the crazy old woman living in the tree i don't care just let's add a few extra ages you know it's like because they're too old we're not allowed to age because then we're not beautiful anymore (laughs) see i I probably i'm going to use rachel's word i'm probably very salty about this because (laughs) as this goes out i will have passed one of the decade ages (laughs) that never gets shown so getting a little bit saltier about it but it is i just you know you you don't see enough different ages or Let's let's throw it out. We don't see enough differently abled people. Anything like that. We we just seem to have this very similar certain age range. You know, fitting into one of those three categories. It's it's limited. And obviously, we're not saying everyone does that. Of course, they don't. There are brilliant books out there that are just oozing with awesome female characters. This whole point of this podcast is just to kind of make you step back and think a little bit about the female characters you're creating. And don't worry, we have probably fallen into this before. I know that some of the characters I wrote when I was uh, younger fitted perfectly into this. As I said, I was raised in the 80s and 90s, so I I had a lot of this crap coming into my head. And I was like, oh yeah, that's how characters should be written. No. So definitely speak to family members. Definitely speak to friends. Think about the character themselves and, and add those dimensions. What are they like mentally? How intelligent are they? Is, and not just intelligence, are they logical? Are they practical? Do they have a way of seeing things differently? What are, they, what are they like emotionally? And it doesn't have to be, you know, overly emotional or closed off. Again, there's a nice range you can use. What's their goal in the novel? What's their purpose? Do they have their own subplot? You know, let's find some additional pieces and flesh them out. You know, if you're just dropping a character in with like no real thought because hero needs a love interest. I don't know, it's... It, it doesn't do much for the story. It's a lost potential. But I mean, I think that with a lot of side characters, you know, I've seen side characters that are just cardboard cutouts. You know, it's the paper doll next to the, the main fleshed out protagonist. And really, side characters should be pretty decent and fleshed out to help the whole story. Obviously, that's talking about female characters who are side characters. 
but yeah so I think I'm just going all over the place so I'm going to stop talking <laughs> I know I apologize I've been all over the place too <laughs> the bottom line is you have to do what's best for your book and for your plot obviously the things that we say we like Ari and I we have our preferences and we have certain aspects of books that we don't care for but just because like we don't like something doesn't necessarily mean other people won't like it and we're not trying to tell you to give your female characters more of a voice and more of a personality just for the sake of it because they're females and we're female it's more of the fact that you want to give all of your characters a fair shot you want to treat all of your characters equally characters in my opinion characters are what drive the plot they drive the story and every single character who is inside your book needs to have a purpose and they need to contribute something and they need to have character development along the way. And a lot of times for a lot of the books that I read, usually that happens for the male characters and not necessarily for the female characters. And again, sometimes it works depending on what the plot is and what the genre is or even what the age group is. Sometimes it works. But you want to sit down and take a look at your characters. We had an episode a couple of weeks ago where we talked about character profiles and, you know, fleshing out your characters before you start writing or while you write and sit down and take a hard look at all of your characters, no matter the gender, and see, see what they can contribute to your book. And as Ari said, if they don't, you might want to figure out a way that they can contribute to the book or maybe they're not even needed. Yeah. That's it. it. It's it's like just it's like are they the sexy lamb? Could you take them away and it wouldn't make a difference? I think sometimes people wedge in romance plots because they feel they need to, maybe to connect to a certain audience. But if you've wedged it in and it feels clunky and you're trying to create this unnecessary female love interest, maybe take it out. You know, it doesn't have to be in there. The romance doesn't have to be in there if it doesn't feel right and if you haven't fleshed out the characters enough. Another thing to keep in mind is that every character is different as well. It's not just a matter of, you know, male versus female. Every female is different. For example, like if I were to write a woman character who is pregnant, just because I'm a woman does not mean that I know what it's like to be pregnant. I have never been pregnant. So that's something I would need to research and ask other people about that I know in real life who have been pregnant. But the thing is, not every pregnancy is exactly the same. It's not even always the same amount of time either. You know, everybody has their own different journey. So it's hard to do research on it, but you do need to ask around and get little bits and pieces of what could happen. Yeah, it's like an amalgamation of of the research. And actually, that's, that's a good point. It's like, to be fair, this is good for every, any character, male, female, whatever, you know, talking dog, who knows, is, <laughs> is to think about them, not just, oh, this is what they look like, this is where they're from. It's like, well, where are they from? And what's that place really like? What is the culture like? What is the experiences for that person of that gender, of that age, of that orientation, in that time period? How was it for them? What sort of things will affect them? What sort of things will they be likely to encounter at different ages in their life? Because depending on what they went through as children, that will affect them as adults. If they're if you're writing about teenagers, it's different than if you're writing about someone in their 40s or 50s. Yes, you need to do that sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's what we're aiming for. Avoid stereotypes. 
give female characters their own plots, give them their own dilemmas, make them fully formed characters, not just aspects of another character, not just this singular image of wife, girlfriend, mother, crush, prize. Flesh them out by building up all the bits and not just this is what they look like. This is how they react to this one type of person. That's why backstories are good, even if they don't go in the, in the actual novel. It's good for the writer to know the backstory and it will always help you flesh out a character. And some of these female characters really need it, seriously. Okay, with that said, I think we should probably end this episode because we could we could rant about this for forever. So we really hope you enjoyed this episode. Do let us know how you write female characters or share with us your favourite female character that you've read in fiction. We'd love to hear about it. Put it in the comments or on Twitter using the hashtag The Mirror Writer Podcast. If you want to get yourself some extra content, head over to our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash The Mirror Writer Podcast. You can support our show for as little as $1 a month and get yourself some extra bonus content. Tune in next week for another episode of The Mirror Writer Podcast where we ask all the right questions. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. This podcast is brought to you by Scraps of Paper. We have notes everywhere. The music titled Inspired is by Kevin MacLeod, licensed under Creative Commons 4.0.